I was uh, getting started for this, and, and as I get into this, I, I, I want to kind of bring something to mind. I, I know that when I'm speaking on this and I'm jumping into Eve and I'm jumping into the story of the beginning and I'm jumping into the marriage between Adam and Eve and these things, I, I want to make sure that you understand that I'm trying to preach the biblical account. As I mention things, I'm going to be mentioning things about mothers and women and marriage. And don't sit back and say, I'm not married, or you saying that every woman should be married, or every woman should have kids, or whatever. And, and when I mention godly moms and stuff like that, I'm just going to lay it out right now. I'm not insinuating that. I am simply trying to speak the truth. I, I, I have done messages in the past, and I've had you know, women say, what did you mean by that? So I just want to clarify as we get into this. She was a wife, she was a mother, and she started off that way in Scripture when we read Genesis 2 and 3. And so it's hard to preach those accounts without laying those things out. But I want us to step back and get the big picture this morning. With all that God created, he created in perfect balance and in perfect harmony. God's creation is absolutely amazing in every degree. And a lot of people today, they study it out. They, they study out biology and chemistry and all these things and, and, and medicines and all these things that they try to create to fix and, and make it better. And they still are baffled at God's creation. You know what I say to that? To God be glory because he is an awesome God. When he created all that he did and the intricacies of every detail, God was awesome. But what he did, he created in perfect harmony and unity. There was a sun and a moon. There was land and there was sea. There was day and there was night. There was winter, there was summer. There was male and there was female. God did everything that he did uniquely and in perfect harmony. So I want to read this passage this morning as we read through a number of verses as we set the stage. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. Let's pray. Dear God, we do thank you for the word of God. And Lord, for the fact that we can come together on a day like this and to be able to study it, to be able to read it, Lord, to be able to hide it in our hearts, Lord, that we might not sin against you. Lord, I do pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us this morning. And Lord, to be able to help us, Lord, to understand from the very beginning what your master plan was. We pray this in your name. Amen. Now, last week, you guys know that I I tackled the role of a man. And here's what I kind of got into. And the reason why I'm telling you is that I want to show you how these connect. Tackle the responsibilities that God gave to a man. From the very beginning, God planned out that he wanted man to work to provide and care for. Then God went from the responsibilities. He talked about the regulations. God said to Adam, here's what you can and cannot do. Today, if we do not understand that there are things that we can and cannot do, we will end up in sin and destroying our marriages, our families in a mess. That is what God told us as men. If you notice that God said that before he created Eve, because God gave him the responsibility to pass down that knowledge and to lead his family. And then God also gave him relationships. There was God, then there was Adam, and then there was Eve. 
The reason being, men, and I'll remind you once again, you must start your family by having a relationship with God over a relationship with your wife. If this isn't right, this relationship going here on earth will not be right in any way possible. You mess that up, everything gets out of whack, and nothing will work in the harmony that God established. You say, why are you emphasizing? Why are you bringing that out? I am trying to explain to you that the very point that God did this, that was, I could directly apply that to every woman here today. I don't want any women, I, I started laying it out and thought, wow, if I was to stick to this, it, this could be the same message that I preached last week. God also gave women responsibility. God also gave them re- regulations. If you're here today and you say, I'm not married, so I can do whatever you want. No, you're still accountable to God and God's word. It's not a matter of uh, you saying, well, I don't have that order in my life or the example of Genesis chapter 2 and I can live my own way. Not according to the scripture. That's not, that's not a back door to get out of this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Let me remind you that everything that God created, he said, it is, what did he say? Good. Everything that God created, he said, it is good. Then God created Adam and he stepped back and he said, it is not good that man should be alone. God stepped back and God said, Adam, I'm not done yet. And I know when chapter two, God went through and gave out the emphasis, the details of everything that he did of explaining his creation of those two. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. God was saying, I need to complete. I need to finalize. I need to put the grand finale, if you will, on my creation. And I'm not just speaking to wives today, but primarily women in general. And you just said, I know that there's going to be people stepping back and saying, hey, you're saying that it's not good that man should be alone. Man, I'm a, I'm a single man. That doesn't apply to me. I'm not married or I'm 17 or whatever. Let, let me prove to you that when God said it is not good that man should be alone and God brought women to the earth and said that it is necessary for man to dwell among women, let me prove it. How many of you were born of a woman? Okay, let's keep going then. <laughs> we would not exist without women. You say, well, that's as basic as you can get. I know that. But God said, you know what? Even if you don't grow up to marry a woman one day, you're definitely going to need a mom. That, that's just how it works. From the very beginning, God said, it is not good. And so God brought women into the world for our benefit and a whole lot more. It applies to all of us. Here's the thing is, God did what he did, and women play a vital role in our society. Some of the greatest influences in my life have been women, uh, women along the way. I look back, and sometimes I give the illustration of a school teacher that I had that was a pastor's wife. She was my school teacher. She was my homeroom teacher for a while. And I remember still today the things, the characters, the, the phrases that still haunt me today, different things about how to live and how to treat people and everything that came back to her influence in my life. I grew up in Alabama. My pastor's name was Pop Poole. I didn't realize how southern my upbringing was. I thought, being in the north, I've never known anybody to name their pastor Pop Poole. So I'm going I'm, I'm to give you a guess as to what we called her name. Her. It was Mom Poole. It was Mom and Pop Poole. And I can tell you, Mom Poole, that I grew up as my pastor's wife, 
still today has a big part in my life as the influence that she had and the things that she taught me. I remember he, my pastor brought me over his house one time when I was just little, and I was helping him around the house, and I went inside, and she had this big meal set out for me and all the things. I remember the influence that she had as she sat down next to me and began to talk to me and ask me questions about my mom and my dad and things like that. I thought, you know what? God has blessed me in a lot of ways. And every one of these people that God brought into my life was to my edification to help me complete God's plan that he had for my life. God said, I will create a helpmeet. I, I will create a partner. When, I, when it comes to me raising my three kids, God has relayed to me and helped me to understand that I play a very vital role in that. I, 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 have, I, I have things and responsibilities that I have to take care of. But then God brought somebody else into my wife, my life, which is my wife, to help me along the way to do things that I never think about, to take care of things that I never think about, to, to be able to lead and organize and effectively cherish and care for and lead my children in ways that I don't even think about. And I think, man, why is it that I'm incapable or sometimes frustrated or sometimes struggling with these things? And God said, because I brought that into harmony in your life. It's the blessings of God. I want you to see as we get into this God's plan. I started thinking about Proverbs 31 and the virtuous woman. We see all the things that she did and the things that God outlined. And from that, that's what God laid on my heart uh, of this. If you don't mind, I want you to turn to Proverbs 31 and verse 10. This morning, I want to brag on the uniqueness of women. And what God says about us working together about what God's unique design was and how it amazingly accomplishes his plan in our society. We're going to see that God places a high value on women. But I tell you, in today's society, no matter what we try to do as men become or try to make women sex objects, and that is turn on the TV, you can't argue that. Go through the magazine aisle at, at a grocery store or anywhere else, or even through the checkout lines, you'll see that. All around us, you, you, we turn around and we're trying to say that they're trying to build up women through that. I'm here to tell you that through those things, they're tearing women down through doing things like that. Satan's behind it, and if we're not careful, we raise a generation behind us that looks at those things as being the role of a woman or the position or the responsibilities of a woman. I'm here to say, not according to God. That's not lifting up women in respect, that's tearing them down. And if we get back to understand that God holds high value on women. The Bible says in Proverbs 31 verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. You know what God was saying? Women have a high value to God. Women have a high value to God. I want to show you this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, and I'll, I'll read these verses. I'm going to kind of jump back and forth between these two accounts. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made, or made he a woman, and brought her unto man. You say, why are you doing that? I know we joke about the complexities of women, and I know that we joke about how their emotions and how everything that they look at in life is so far different than how a man could look at things. Every aspect of it is so different than us. But can I tell you that when God did that, God said, all right, Adam, 
You sit here, I'm going to create Eve, and every detail of how they are was handmade by God. Handmade by God. A lot of times we in our lives, we go out pursuing to find that person. I'm here to tell you, if you're single here today, God has that person. God doesn't make mistakes. God planned it out before you were even thought of. God knows what he has for us. We jump the gun and we try to make things happen. We make a mess of it. God said, in my timing, when you are ready, and I know you're ready, go to sleep. I will make a woman. And the Bible says, and God brought her unto him. I can tell you, I was in Bible college. I had planned on meeting the hottest girl you have ever met. I remember working with my, my, uh, the guys, and I said, guys, do you realize we were all, me and my buddies were all going to college together. I said, we picked a college that there are four girls to every one guy. I said, we've got to get a girlfriend with those odds. It's just got to be in the cards. And I went there, and I, I remember every, it was just girls everywhere. We were all so zoned in on that and trying to never got a date. I, I don't know. I mean, come on. I mean, how can you? What was wrong with this system? And I remember being so frustrated and telling the guys, I don't understand. It's just not working out. Is, is it because we're freshmen? Is it because of this and that? And here I was at, at, at a soccer game. We were so frustrated and mad about not being able to find girlfriends. We went to Burger King. We bought Burger King hats. We went to a ball game, and we, put, we wore those Burger King hats with the whole thing, acting like idiots and yelling and, and cheering and saying things that didn't make sense. And just, you know what we did? We decided instead of going after girls, we were just going to have fun. Just be dumb guys. Can I get an amen right there? It's what we're good at, guys. Sometimes we just need to do what we're good at. Be dumb. So here we are, and we're doing that, and this chick, girl, female, (laughs) I knew I should have practiced this message, was sitting in front of us making fun of this group of dumb guys. That girl making fun of those dumb guys is the woman that I'm married to today. I'm walking out, and she's going, those were the dumbest guys I've ever seen. And I told them, I said, we're dumb, but I know she's talking about us right now. And I confronted her about making fun of me. This is a love story, I'm telling you. (laughs) Forget these Disney princess stories. Man, this is the real deal right here. You know what I realized? When I quit trying and I just stepped back, it's when God did what I could not do. Because he had the perfect woman planned for my life that he knew I needed to complete what I did not have. And there's a lot of us, guys, you've got to understand, if God's plan for your marriage, for your life is marriage, you try to fill in the blanks with anybody that comes along and you will mess up your life. I could teach on Proverbs about dwelling in the housetop or on top of a house is better than dwelling in, you guys know the verse, with a brawling woman. You want to marry right if you want to live right, the right way. Keep going. I wasn't, that's not even in my notes. <laughs> Let me tell you, God's perfect plan, I, 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 I tell everybody that I meet with, and they turn around and say, I can't get along with my wife, or I can't get along with my husband and all this. When God created Adam and God said, son, I'm going to put you to sleep, and I'm not trying to reiterate or re-say what I did last week, 
You know why God didn't bring Adam into this thing and said, son, we're going to make a woman, and I think we're going to make a perfect team, and what do, you, what do you have to offer, and what do you got in mind? God knew that if we had our way, men, that we would mess it all up. God literally had to put him asleep so that man would not mess it up. God puts him to sleep and goes over there because it wasn't what we wanted. God knew what we needed through what he created. Women were designed by God in the perfect way. And that is why Satan fights it so hard today. When the Bible says, and the two shall be one, and I'm not going to try to re pre-preach what I'm preaching, but I, I would challenge you this. There's not many times that I have a message that God so heavily puts on my mind that I, I, I work on for months at a time like I do what I'm going to preach on next Sunday. It will be one of the most unique messages I've ever preached here at Fellowship Baptist Church. And I challenge you, anybody that is here, if you know somebody that is struggling in their marriage or struggling with, with, in their relationship whatsoever, contemplating marriage, they need to be here next week as we present God's plan for marriage through Genesis next week, and we'll get into that. Satan is trying over time to destroy marriages today. Can I tell you why? Because marriage was God's plan. We didn't come up with the idea God did that. That is not to belittle single women or single men whatsoever, but I am telling you there's something about when it's God's plan for your life and God brings that person in your life, there is strength in that unity. When God steps back and he said, it's not only good, but two flesh shall become one flesh, and the unity that God does and the things that God does through that, God ordained that, God planned that, but with that, let me go to the next thing. There's not only women have value to God, women have value to their families. I, 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 want, I want you to know is I picked apart guys the other day, and I'm telling you about step up and be the leader and be the spiritual leader and follow after God as you lead your family and all these things. Don't get upset at me as I get on the things because I'm telling you, our society is hurting today from us not getting on what I'm about to speak on. God created women special in so many ways. The same way that Adam was designed by God to lead his family, Eve was designed by God to nurture her family. See, we all have an obligation to provide for our families. A mom has a special ability to make it a home. God has given women a natural instinct to nurture, to provide for and care for. I'm not saying that a mom cannot work, and I'm not saying that any of those things that we do in there. But I am telling moms and dads here today, if God's giving you children and God's giving you a home, that home and those children better become before any job. I know it's going to be quiet, and I know that there's no way for me to say what I'm saying without stepping on toes. But we have been given children by God to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord for his honor and for his glory. But a lot of times those things through society and the war that we face get put on the back burner. And children and society end up raising our children. And Nickelodeon raises our children. And MTV raises our children. Rather than moms and dads raising their children. We wonder why we're in the mess that we're in. Nobody can love their children and lead their children like you can. It's a tough world and I know it. And I know that moms and dads today working extra jobs and long hours and single moms having to do things that just completely tear them apart. And I'm not going to sit back and say that I don't understand it because I know that. But I am thankful that I did not just grow up in a house, but God allowed me to grow up in a home. You know how I was able to do that? Because my mom did that. 
She made it a place that I belonged at. She took care of me in ways that nobody else could. And I remember all that. I, I want you to remember, or, or remember what I'm saying right there. I remember the things that my mom did for me. It's not that a fact that I didn't love my dad. But I tell you, my dad raised me differently than what my, my mom raised me. There was, there was insights that God gave my mom to instill inside my heart that my dad might not have seen. And you say, wow, was your dad that carnal or that disconnected? No, my dad was different and they played different roles. It's not a matter of competing. It's not, not a matter. It's just simply a matter. When God created the sun and moon, he created different things. And he created them both important, but they both played different roles. But working together, they create a harmony for us to live in. And I know, I know some of you are sitting right there saying, man, I'm a single dad right now. I don't want to hear this and that. Let me tell you, God's grace is sufficient. No matter where you're at, don't sit there and beat yourself up about mistakes that you made or somebody that's lost their wife through a death or lost their wife through a divorce or anything else. God's grace is sufficient. God is able to care for and step in and provide for through other means and other people. And God just has a way of doing those things. So I'm not sitting there beating you up about that. But let me say on this side, if you are married and you do have kids, and I am giving the illustration, then you better listen up because this is for us. And it is what God said. I used to get jealous how Jen always could get the kids to stop crying when they were babies and I couldn't. I, I wanted to be that cool dad that stepped in and said, let me take him. And then the baby would scream louder and I'd say, okay, take her back. And I realized something, that when I had a little girl, and my little girl um, got a baby when she was three years old, a play baby, play baby. <laughs> she took that baby out of the box and we have a picture. And I actually tried to find that picture this morning. I couldn't find that picture she took that baby out of the box. She held this baby like this, and she began to do this right here and close her eyes. And I thought, where, where, where did she get that? First of all, there was enough span between our, our, our kids that there wasn't even that age. It's not like Jenny was holding a baby at the time. And I realized something. God, God does something very unique in a mom. Not just very unique in a mom, but very unique in women. You're saying, oh, don't lump me into this. I have no kids. Don't lump me into this. Let me tell you, I was here yesterday when the ladies were having their nursery meeting. And some of those ladies were grandmas and some of them had no kids. And I walked past her and I stood outside the door and I'm listening in on that. As these moms, one by one, are standing side by side. And these leaders and these caregivers and these ones that have put in their life that they want to honor and follow God... And they're sitting there talking about how to care for these kids and how to watch over them. And Stacy's up there leading these people of saying, ladies, this is what we need to do. These kids are struggling with this. Some of these kids come in. They don't know this and that. We want to minister to the moms. We want to minister to the kids. We want to love on them. Let me tell you, there was also a group of guys there. You, you, the ladies didn't even know this. They were fighting over the leftover cinnamon rolls that were left in the back room. Like a bunch of wild dogs standing there beating each other out of the way and shoving their faces. And I'm listening to this and I'm watching this and I'm going, thank God for women like that that care enough to nurture us and our children. It's not just about the fact that you say, I'm not a mom. I know that. But you are different. You were created to be a woman. And God and your uniqueness is giving you abilities, insights, and strengths and talents to do what us men cannot do. 
when we understand and get away from trying to be a male chauvinist or a woman's right this and all this other stuff, and we get back to the book of understanding, it's not him being better than her or her being better than them, but the fact that we're created in unity of God to do great things for God as a church, as a home, and as parents, given the great responsibility that God has given us to raise children, not just raise them to live, but raise them to serve our God. And that's all of us together. She has value, value to her family. She has value to her God. Yeah, I know, I get, I'm going to say it. Let, let me, before I say it, turn, you're still in Proverbs 31, verse 25. Let, let me tell you about this mom. Let me, let me show you God's plan. Chapter 31, verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall receive in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and her tongue. It is the law of kindness. She looketh well in the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness is what we just talked about. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. You say, what, what is that saying? It's a matter of when you love and cherish and lead and provide in the uniqueness and the character and the talents that God has given you as a woman. Your children might not understand. They might not always follow. They might rebel in all these things, but one day they will waken up to understand the blessings of having a mom that nurtured them in the way that God taught them to do. With this said, it's not just the aspect of the family with Moms and women nurturing and raising generation. But let me take it a step further. God gave us partners to accomplish his plan. God created man and he brought in Eve and said, I will create a helpmeet. We pointed out last week that God put man asleep and the things that we were talking about to do that. But God took the rib and God used that rib to create Eve. Now we're going to get into that big time next week. I promise you we're going to pick all that those aspects apart and, and build that up. But I want to point out something. That God created something that was the closest to his heart. Used something the closest to his heart that was by his side to create the woman. Now of God's uniqueness, he could have done anything. He could have created woman out of the dust of the ground. He could have spoke her into existence. God could have done any of those things. But God and his creative likeness of who he was did it for this plan and this purpose. And as he did this, I, I, I get sickened. I absolutely get sickened over men that would turn around and take the value of their wife and the value of God has given them and turn around and call their wife their old lady. You are a dumb man if you do that. Turn around and call her your ball and chain or your nagging this or nagging that and all these other things that you do. What kind of respect are you giving to your children to respect their mom if you don't respect her yourself? There's enough garbage going around in this world of disrespecting women. The world doesn't need any help from a guy that just doesn't, that, that doesn't use his brain when he's trying to do and accomplish and understand the blessing that God's given him in his life. Here's where we've got messed up. When God's great plan of God bringing them together and doing all this and blessing him, there is something that we don't understand, and that is the Bible talks about submission. There's no way that I could get into this message and not touch this, what I'm talking about, 
the role of a woman in following after God. It's one of those things that a lot of people will even stay away from church because they know that somebody's going to open a Bible and they're going to preach a message and talk about the role of a husband or wife for men and women. And along the way, he's eventually going to say phrases like, and you are to submit to your husband. And I have found out that a lot of times that this is mentioned, people run from this concept because it's not taught right. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and I don't know if it will be on the screen or see this, here, there, there's two types of submission that God has placed inside of our relationships when it comes to men and women, husbands and wives. Number one, there's a mutual submission to one another. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.21, don't skip this verse before you get into the others, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. This is referencing husbands and wives. Don't skip this verse. Do you realize according to what God said we turn around and say, the husband's the, the head of the wife, and over that, God turns around and says, hey, dude, you've got to understand something. You're to submit to her the same way she's submitting to you. God didn't give me a slave, and he didn't give me somebody to boss around. God gave me a helpmeet, a partner, to accomplish his plan. Let me, give it, let me take it a step further. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband, the wife have not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband have not power over his body, but the wife. The, 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 why, why are these things left out when we're talking about this? A mutual submission that God said that you're each for the other, which we'll also get into next week's. Husbands, we're to submit to our wives the same way that our wives are submitting to us. God gave me my wife, and my wife was given the blessing, the incredible blessing of her husband, Tony. I had to throw that in at some point. God did hook you up. <laughs> but there's not only the submission that we have to one another. Number two, there is a leadership submission, submission to her husband. Because verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to her husbands in everything. Husband, love your wives as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it. You see, what the Bible is saying is none of us are without accountability. This was not to hinder or hold back or belittle the wife. But God did this in efforts to protect the wife. I don't want you to fight against the word submission. It does not lower the position of the woman. Let me prove this. The Bible says in his word. And I'm telling you when Jesus Christ who is our ultimate example went to the garden. And he's praying in the garden and he's sitting there. He was, do you honestly get and understand that he was the son of God. The Trinity, the three in one, Jesus was in the garden and he cried out to his father, not my will, but thine be done. Now step back and understand that. Was Jesus submitting to the father's authority? Absolutely. Was Jesus made lower? Was Jesus any less of God than God or the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. You understand, even in this respect of the example that God gives us himself is talking about the level of submission. The accountability that God has given husbands and wives was the fact that God holds wives in great value and God said to the man, I want you to love her in such a way 
that she's willing to follow you as you follow me. A lot of times I have wives that come up to me and they're saying, I would do this, but I, I would love to submit to my husband. I would love to follow him in this way. I would love to do this. But the honest truth is, he gives me nothing to follow. And my heart goes out to you. Husbands, it's amazing what you can do and how you can lead and how you can direct and how you can control and fix things with your children and with your families. When we're willing to love our wives the way that Christ loved the church, let me remind you, he wasn't cocky and he wasn't a jerk. He laid down his life for us is what he did. See, the thing is, when I, I, I love God and I've got a job to res, be responsible and follow and submit to my God and to follow his leadership. And let me tell you, it's not a hard thing to do after I know what he's done for me. After everything that God has done, the love and the compassion and the fact that he's always there and he always listens to me, he always has time for me, he cares about how I'm feeling, I can cast all my care upon him because he cares for me. He laid down his life. He carried my griefs, my sorrow, my shame, my embarrassments to the cross. He was afflicted, but he opened not his mouth. They laid him down and he took my sin, my past, my shame, my debt, and he died for all those things. And then Jesus says to the men, love your wives the way that I loved you in that situation, in that example. Let me tell you, you say we're out of balance and there's wives not submitting to, submitting to their husbands because there's a lot of husbands that are not loving their wives. We've gotten so out of balance and now we have children that won't submit to mom and dad because the wife doesn't know how to submit to her husband because the husband doesn't know how to love his wife. And that is all out of whack because the husband's not following God in the leadership and the role that he has to begin with. You say, man, how did you do this? We're preaching on women and you still turn around to beat us up as men. Let me recall how God's calling after Adam and Eve after they fell and God comes out and says, Adam, get over here. He didn't nail Eve to the wall, he wasn't upset, not that he wasn't upset, but going after her. But God had a level and an order of submission. When it came to God laying that out in Genesis chapter 3, we see that God had an order on purpose. I had a whole second part about the virtue of a woman, but for the sake of time, I will not get into it. And only God knows the reason why he doesn't want me to. <laughs> I want to close with this. We are in a great great, great spiritual battle today. Great. And I, I want to leave you with this thought, especially as I challenge women. We better, better, better not let Miley Cyrus be the example to young women of success. I wanted, you can clap and amen because it's the truth. But it's going to take a whole lot more than us just applauding in a scripture and I'm not belittling applauding or getting excited but I'm telling you live a life before young ladies for them to know what a real woman looks and acts like as they try to draw in the attention and they get a following and she might have a, a million likes on Facebook and a popularity of this and Golden Globe this and that that's all there but let me tell you that fame and that applause will soon come to an end and all she will be at the end of that is somebody that was used and abused by the world it might not be on the level of Miley Cyrus that our young girls are going to follow after, but even in that mindset of having the acceptance of a man or anything else or the world's level of beauty and all these other things that play into it, if we don't stand up and teach what is right, they will follow that model if we're not careful. 
There's a lot that the Bible says about how a woman ought to act and carry themselves. You have a power about you that you don't even know you have. There is the power to allure, there's the power to control, and there's the power to manipulate. It's amazing how a man can be tough, put on armor, go into war, hold a gun, jump out of an airplane. Yes, there's women that do that too. I'm not, don't shoot me. All these things that men, the G.I. Joes of this society and everything, and then when we get to one of the toughest men in Scripture that literally won wars with his bare hands with the jawbone of a donkey, who I'm talking about, Samson, was brought to his knees by the beauty of a woman. Don't tell me that you don't have a power about you to manipulate, to control, to lead. There's a reason that the world will use the picture and the image of a woman on every magazine, on websites and everything else to get the attention. I don't care how strong of a man he can be brought to his knees you know why you say, why are you saying that? I, I wanted to preach. I had the entire second point on that, but I, I, I'm afraid if I started preaching that, we'd be here till one o'clock. <laughs> but let me just say as we close this out, we have got to be willing to sit back and say, tell me what God said and what God wanted and stop following the way of the world. There, there is a society that doesn't care about our children there's a society that is trying to tell our women and our daughters and our young women that it's more important to look sexy than it is to look modest and proper. And as a result, they are getting into messes and making a fool out of themselves and ruining their marriages and their children and everything else because it's not being done God's way. God holds great value to women. They need to be taught their value to God and to their families and understand that God has a great plan for their lives.